right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> It was a dark and stormy night and a man came into the hotel lobby, soaking wet, and said, Give me your room. I'm sorry, said the desk clerk. We only have one room left and it's haunted. I don't care. I don't believe in ghosts. All right, said the desk clerk. I warned you. And he gave the man a key. The man went up to his room, lay on the bed, read his newspaper, and heard a voice. I got you where I want you. Now I'm going to eat you. The man went, ah, jumped out the window, had a heart attack and died. About an hour later, a wrestler came into the hotel office. Give me a room, pencil neck. The clerk said, I'm sorry. We only have one room left and it's haunted. I ain't afraid of no pencil neck ghost. Give me the key or I'll slam you. The clerk said, all right, I warned you. The wrestler went up to the room, started flexing his muscles in the mirror. After a minute, here came the voice. I got you where you want you. Now I'm going to eat you. The same thing. This wrestler jumped out the window, had a heart attack, and died. After about an hour, a kid came into the office. I need a room. I'm sorry, there's only one room left, and it's haunted. I don't care. I need a room. All right. I warned you. Gave the kid a key. Kid went upstairs, lay on the bed, watched a little TV, and heard the voice. I got you where I want you. Now I'm going to eat you. Kid turned off the TV. I got you where I want you. Now I'm going to eat you. Kid got up off of the bed, started looking around. Got you where I want you. Now I'm going to eat you. The voice was coming from the closet. I got you where I want you. Now I'm going to eat you. The kid walked over to the closet, put his hand on the doorknob. I got you where I want you. Now I'm going to eat you. The kid slowly opens the door. I got you where I want you. Now I'm going to eat you. And inside, there was a monkey with a fingers up his nose. And he pulled a booger out and said, I got you where I want you, and now I'm going to eat you. (laughs) There are so many different versions of that. (coughs) I got a Star Wars theory before we start the podcast. Ready? Yeah. All right. Star Wars theory. Number (laughs) whatever. And all of the pieces of the puzzle have been laid out in front of us. I really find it really just disgusting. Well, I, I'm not going to keep a garbage can by me and fucking spit into that. Just, just got to spit into it. <laughs> right into the microphone. Awesome. Star Wars theory. So all the f- I think all the facts, not all the facts, but quite a few of the facts have been laid out in front of us. One of them is the Darth Revan Kylo Ren thing. So, if you look at Kylo Ren's mask, it's very similar to Darth Revan. Darth Revan is a character from Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Um, if you don't know who Darth Revan is, uh, let's. I'll give you a brief history, not too much. Darth Revan, renowned as the Revan Christ, Revan Revan Kist, honored as the Revan, reviled as Revan the Butcher, dreaded as the Dark Lord of the Sith. 
Dark Revan. Darth Revan. Um, Darth, get on with He it. was a Jedi, and then he became a then he became a Sith, and then he became a Jedi again. Uh, he has a he has this cool looking mask. Well, when I first saw the Force Awakens, when I first saw, started seeing pictures of Darth, I'm sorry, Kylo Ren. Yeah, I noticed that his his um, mask looked like Darth Revan. And then, there we go. In um, Star Wars Rebels, they started doing something on Malachor Five. Malachor is an outer rim planet located in the Malachor system. Prior to the final battle of the Mandalorian Wars, the planet was fertile and hospitable. After the cataclysm caused by the mass shadow generator became cracked and twisted wasteland covered with jagged cliffs, and there's a Sith temple there. As you've watched in uh, Star Wars Rebels, they actually went to the Sith temple, and Darth Vader was there and fought, and they found a lightsaber that looked like Kylo Ren's in the temple and everything else. So there's there's two links. Um. Malachor is a direct link to Knights of the Old Republic, okay? Darth Revan is, an, is a link, but Kylo Ren is a link also. It's very important that I said the Mandalorians, okay? Because Knights of Ren... <clears throat> no one knows anything about the Knights of Ren. But what if the Knights of Ren are Mandalorian? And I bring this up because when you're watching Star Wars Rebels, you notice that this season started off with them on Mandalore and Sabine Wren, but she spells her name differently, W-R-E-N, mm-hmm. has control of what's called the Black Saber, which was the first... Mandalorian Jedi's weapon. The first Jedi that was a Mandalorian who had a black saber. Okay. And you, you've seen the black saber in Clone Wars and everything else. <laughs> and then she gave it to um she gave it to one of the other uh uh Mandalorians. It's um Satine's sister. Okay. Uh who was the ruler during the Clone Wars. So Satine's sister has it now. Well, if you really think about everything that's been given to us, the mask of Kylo Ren, yeah, the lightsaber of Kylo Ren, the Knights of Ren, his last name being Ren, when you Mandalorians aren't born into, not always, some of them are. Not all Mandalorians are born into their clans. They are warriors who earn the name, okay? So, like, Boba Fett is part of the Fett clan. Yeah. Okay? Um, just like Jango Fett was part of the Fett clan. There's all sorts of different clans. Well, one of them being the Ren clan. And they've been around f- since the beginning of the Star Wars Star Wars thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. KOTOR. Since Knights of the Old Republic. But not, but in film. The film universe. Not doing the game universe. Yeah. Well, 
What if the Knights of Ren, what if Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren are Mandalorian, okay? Because one of the biggest ba- one of the one of the biggest legends of Star Wars is the Republic versus Mandalorian. Mandalorian. It's probably spelled it wrong. Mandalorian. Okay. The Mandalorian Wars. Okay. And it was a conflict of 16 years that happened about 4,000 years before the Battle of uh, Yavin. It's a long time. What if this whole Star Wars thing this whole new thing, The Force Awakens and whatever else, is a, a reawakening of the Galactic Republic versus the Mandalorian culture, the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian Wars, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some people are talking about it in terms of, you know, rumors and whatnot that this, these three movies are going to lead into another trilogy which is going to tell a tale of Snoke, who was the emperor during that time. Yeah. And that's where all this is leading to, that the Knights of Ren have a history. They're Mandalorians. Kylo Ren, obviously his name is Ben Solo, so he got the name. It's a Mandalorian name, I believe. This is my theory. He is Mandalorian, where he's, he's part of this Mandalorian clan now, that's why they're not Darksiders or they don't have the Darth name anymore. Yeah. They're not using it because he has he has fitted into the Mandalorian culture where yep. they give him a new name and a new last name. Okay. okay. And he was trained by these Mandalorians as a warrior and then they go and they attack the Jedi just like in 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 the old times. You know, to incite a war or to keep the Jedi from, you know, propagating, making more Jedi. Uh-huh. And that's what Snoke was trying to do is to keep the Jedi down so that he can take his Mandalorians, his Mandalorian warriors, and take over the entire universe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what despots do, take over things, right? Yeah. And that's why the clones didn't work out. That's why he's not cloning, like, fats or Mandalorians. Because he figures that it's easier to train young ones, just like the Jedi, and make them into the perfect soldier. Yeah. Right? Just like the Jedi. So it's, again, that ring theory, training young ones to become Jedi. Doesn't work out, the Republic dies. Right? Yeah. Because of the Sith. The Sith rise. That doesn't work out. Because there's only two of them, yeah, and there's no Jedi. Well, there's one now. Well, there was two, but you know, balance, right? You yeah, two and two. And then Luke becomes the last Jedi, and then in the Force Awakens, he starts to create more Jedi, and the Mandalorians come back and destroy all that to balance out whatever it is. But really, what they're doing is the exact opposite, which is creating their own Dark Siders. That have force powers. I'm not calling them Dars, and using the Mandalorian way to do it. Okay. Okay. 
So if you watch, if you watch the movies, it's a fucking, it's the fucking reverse from what's going to be nine to one. So if you take your fingers and put one at the, one to the left, one to the right, and about you know two feet apart, and start bringing them towards the middle where six and seven meet, right? All of that stuff that's going on. If you watch the movies, if you watch the movies backwards from nine to one, uh-huh. and then forwards from one to nine, <clears throat> when nine comes out, it's going to mirror itself. It's a huge mirror. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. It's the ring theory. Complete ring theory. So that's my theory is that the it's the rise of the Mandalorians is what everybody wanted to see. Mm-hmm. But they're not calling them Mandalorians. They're masking it under the name of Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren, who are a subset of Mandalorian of, of a Mandalorian clan. Yeah. There it is. All right. That's why he's not a dark side user or a Darth. <laughs> <laughs> Ready, set, go. All right. Welcome back, my <laughs> friends, to the Flicks of the Week that never end. Uh, we're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel. Uh-huh. And over there is... Uh, I'm Mike Sutherland. All right. And uh, welcome to our Flicks of the Week. Uh, mine is going to be the Netflix documentary called Long Shot. Long Shot? Yeah. Two separate words. Long Shot. What is that about? Don't it tell is- me. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, mine is Delta Force. Is it Delta Force 2? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Mike. You never Delta Force 2. The reason why I'm doing Delta Force 2... Yes. Okay. The reason why I'm doing Delta Force 2 and not and not Mr. Brooks uh-huh. is not because I didn't want to watch Mr. Brooks. There was something in the movie that compelled me <laughs> to have to talk about this fucking movie. Okay. And it is <laughs> so goddamn hilarious. I don't want to... Uh, I can't get away. All right. Go. <laughs> so, in uh, in 2003, a man named Juan uh, Catalan and his young daughter, very young daughter, I think she was like three or four at the most, um, they went to a Dodgers game. And oh, okay. I know what you, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And during that same night in another location in Los Angeles, a 16-year-old girl named uh, Martha Puebla um, got murdered in front of an eyewitness uh, in a drive-by shooting. And what happened in the in days or months following is that uh, Juan Catalan got charged with the murder. He got arrested for it and charged for it. And... Over when it took a couple years to get to the trial, um, some information came up about it. And that's what Longshot is about. Longshot is about the trial and <coughs> the way that he gets off of because of, of just a freak occurrence. And I'm not giving anything away by telling you that he gets off because you know from the get-go that he made it off because the way they're talking about it and everything. Um, what happened was... Uh, for Juan Catalan, his brother was involved in a um, in a murder, in a gang style murder, and uh, this uh, girl Martha Puebla was a um, she was a, a witness or something like that. She testified, and so when she was murdered that night, 
it was in an area that was near where Juan lived, where, where he lives. And the fact that she was killed under such suspicious circumstances and the fact that the, the eyewitness um, made a drawing of of someone who looked very similar to Juan Catalan. Uh-huh. Um, he was arrested. Juan was arrested because of it. And he needed to prove where he was. Well, he knew that he was at the Dodgers game. So he had his uh, his wife or girlfriend at the time look through the whole entire house to find the, 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 the tickets to show that you know they had tickets for the game. She finally found them. But then the district attorney, this ruthless district attorney, she said that that's nowhere near enough. Just because you have tickets doesn't mean he didn't murder this person. So here's the cool part about this documentary is it somehow ties into the show Curb Your Enthusiasm starring Larry David. Mm-hmm. And in this documentary, there's interviews with not only Juan and some of his family, his attorney, uh, archive footage of the district attorney, um, and a, um, a representative from the Dodgers and, and a few things like that. There's also um, an interview with Larry David and um, uh, someone else from HBO as well. And what it is is that they were trying to find out that um, if there was any footage of, of you know, any camera footage of Juan being at that game at that time with his daughter. Right. And the funny thing was this. First, when they were searching the Dodgers stuff, the Dodgers f- cam footage, they could not find anything about... Uh, they couldn't find anything with him on camera. It, right. it, just, it was like a needle in a haystack, right? Or a needle yeah. in a haystack of needles. And because there was like 40,000 people at the game that night. And so it was like... Well, shit, we don't know a way to give you an alibi for this, you know? There's a lot of, you know, circumstantial evidence, but it's still evidence, you know? And and so then all of a sudden, uh, Juan remembered that there was a camera crew there. And the reason why he noticed that there was a camera crew there that stuck out to him was because he's been to hundreds of Dodgers games in his life as a huge Dodgers fan. And he, that's the first time he ever noticed them being like people walking around with large studio type cameras around. And so he noticed that they were actually, he remembered that they were filming something in his section. So his attorney got into contact with uh, HBO and HBO at first thought it was a joke and, and they got involved, but they, 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 they started going over stuff. They went over the footage from and from when they were filming an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And lo and behold, the evidence finally comes to light. Uh-huh. And I don't want to give away everything because even though, like I said, you know the guy gets off. You do from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> you know that he gets you know exonerated, you know, get off and, and blah, blah, blah. It's the lead up to it and how he gets off because there's this moment where they have you watching the actual footage of of, of all the Kirby enthusiasm, you know, um, outtakes and stuff from that from that from that episode. And there's a moment where you see Juan and his daughter walking right in front of the camera, and it the way that they present it, the documentary's done so well and it's short forty minute runtime that. You fucking smile. I smiled when I was watching this because I was like, dude, this is fucking awesome. The guy's going to get off. This is like winning the lottery. The odds of this happening, that he was able to, like the, the one time, the rare moment where a TV show was being filmed 
where he, you know, where it could exonerate him from being charged for, with murder, you know. Um, but there, that's not the end of the story. I mean, that's most the big chunk of it. There's more because the district attorney was so she wanted more evidence. This wasn't enough because of the time of the murder and that he could have driven across Los Angeles and done this murder in, a, in enough time and blah, blah, blah. She wouldn't let it go. So there's a couple other things that had to happen to get this guy off. Right. So I don't want to give it all away, but again, it's a good feeling documentary. It's the kind that makes you smile because it's well done. Uh, Larry David comes on and, you know, for a couple, for a few minutes and, and he's uh he's always the 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 you know he's Larry David man he's funnier and shit, and it's worth seeing. It's definitely worth a forty minute you know devotion to to check out on Netflix. It's 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 really good. And it like I said, it left a big smile on my face when it was all said and done. Uh, it's called Long Shot. Mm. So okay, so chickity check it out, y'all. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Delta Force Two. Delta Force Two, the Colombian Connection, also known as Operation Stranglehold. It's a sequel to the 1986 Chuck Norris film and was released in 1990. Stars Chuck Norris as Major Scott McCoy. In this film, McCoy leads his Delta team into the fictional South American country of San Carlos to rescue hostages and stop the flow of cocaine into the United States. It stars Billy Drago. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Drago. Um, he played Frank Nitty in the Untouchables movie. Yeah, he uh, he's creepy. Yeah, he is. He was also in uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., and yes. the Michael Jackson video with Marlon Brando and Chris Tucker. William Eugene Billy Burroughs Jr. Or Billy Drago. Yeah. Uh, Pale Rider, The Untouchables. Um, he's a good actor. He is. He, he's, he's just fucking creepy. He plays his part well. He always plays his part well. Um, Low Down, The Lords of Salem, Children of the Corn, Genesis, Night of the Templar. I'm trying to... Ghost Town, Dark Moon Rising, Supernatural. It's supernatural, all right. El Muerto, uh, Charmed, The Hills Have Eyes, Tremors 4, Death Game, The X-Files, one episode, Thief, um, Psy Fighters, if you care about that. Cyborg 2... There you go, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. In fact, he played the main bad guy in uh, Briscoe yeah. County Jr. He was in Bonsai Runner, Hero in the Terror. Bonsai! Uh, Moonlighting, Invasion USA. He's been in a bunch of Chuck Norris movies. <clears throat> Chuck likes his stuff. Chuck likes him. Anyways, I... Uh, I was watching this movie and I was just like, I should probably watch Mr. Brooks. Um, but. <laughs> or searching for Sugarman. Yeah. Don't worry, Sharon. I'll get it back to you uh, after Mike watches it. Maybe. <laughs> See you in six months, Sharon. The film opens during a carnival in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, the DEA enlists the support of the U.S. Army's Delta Force in order to infiltrate San Carlos. They are aided by an undercover agent. 
<coughs> within the bad guys drug cartel. Taylor orders Colonel Scott McCoy and his partner, Major Bobby Chavez, to bring Coda to court, blah, blah, blah. Uh, unable to contain his rage, Chavez furiously lashes out at Coda in court. Coda decides to strike at Chavez by having Chavez's pregnant wife and 13-year-old brother killed. Because, you know, if you work in, you know, special forces, it's really easy to get your address. Yeah. Right? And I already knew what was going to happen. It's like the fucking beginning of the movie. Um, so um, uh, Billy Drago plays Coda. <clears throat> and he's the one that orders the hit, right? Yeah. Well, at the beginning of the movie, like after the courtroom scene and all this other shit, fucking the, they're, they're at a basketball game. Uh, Chuck Norris and uh, his buddy Bobby Chavez, uh, Paul Perry, is at a basketball game watching his son who shoots the game-winning hoop. Of course, it's in slow motion, right? Yeah. And then, of course, you know. And it didn't swish, did it? Oh, it totally swished. Oh, it swished? It It totally swished. It didn't roll around? No, it didn't. It just fucking swished right in. All right. Right. And then, like, he's like, I love my family, blah, blah, blah. Oh, good times. Yep. Happy. And And then, like, he fucking kisses his wife. I'm like, you doomed him, bitch. Yep. You doomed him. Yep. And, <laughs> and of course. Kiss it down. She's like, why don't you and Chucky, you know, why don't you and Scott go get pizza and we'll go home and set everything up. And then, of course, it starts raining really bad, oh. you know. And it doesn't ta- it it take. doesn't wait them- for the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You know, because there's always a rain scene during a funeral. Oh, yeah. No, no. See, it, it precedes the death. So it's it's even better. It's more. Okay. It's more. It's the funeral. harbinger. It's the harbinger. You no, know, thank you. The harbinger of doom. Yeah. Right. So instead of the funeral, it's the death of. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's raining really, really bad, and she, she and her son are happy about everything and the prom and the winning game, winning shot, and yeah, life is good. And then the door <laughs> knock on the door, and she freezes. Oh. She totally freezes. Uh-huh. And then the kid looks out the door. Is like, no, mom, there's a bad guy with guns, and he fucking. He he dies and she he gets shot right because he takes a bullet from mommy uh-huh. and then Billy Drago comes in and fires in kills slow motion her. is it in slow motion no he just holds a gun and it goes black and okay and then fucking they they're driving to the house you know and everyone's having a good time and because you know, hey you know that's the way it's got to be yeah and then they see the sirens in front of the house and, and then he breaks out he's like no. <laughs> How dare you? And then he goes off on a rampage and tries to kill him. But Chavez, Chavez is captured by Coda's forces and tortured and killed because he goes down to So he gets to, he, at least he gets to join his family. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Chuck Norris decides to take it out on the whole entire Colombian area. Oh, yeah. He fucked with his buddy. Yeah. So they threw a Chuck nuke down there. <laughs> He's going to send. He's sent in to rescue these hostages, but as I'm watching it, I'm like, I'm thinking about the Expendables that he was in, and he's like, I don't want to do this movie because it has too much bad language, right? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so it's okay. It's completely okay for you to do all these this missing in action and fucking Delta Force and the hero and the terror and. Walker, Texas Ranger. I think Walker, Texas Ranger, mild hit, milded him out. Maybe, but you again, still violent. Mm-hmm. And all these fucking movies that you've done. Watch your fucking mouth. 
<laughs> hey, there's a guy named John Ryan in this movie. You have all the ass-kicking blood as you want. Yeah. Just sh- watch your fucking mouth. By the way, Chuck Norris is the real deal when it comes to fighting and shit like that. He's like a... Um, a badass? <laughs> he's a he's a no shit. He's like an eighth degree jujitsu black mm-hmm. belt. Um, he... Uh, Let's see. By 67, Norris had improved enough that he scored victories over the likes of Skipper Mullins, Arnold Eurekadez, Victor Moore, Ron Marchini. If you guys, if you know any of these guys, these guys are badasses. Steve Sanders, Norris was a two-time winner of the S. Henry Cho's All-American Championship, which is not easy. In 68, uh, Norris suffered the 10th and last loss of his career, losing an upset decision to Luis Delgado. On November 24, 68, he avenged his defeat to Delgado by doing so. Um, by doing so, won the professional middleweight karate championship title, which he held for six consecutive fucking years. Yeah, okay. <laughs> In 1969, he won karate's triple crown and fighter of the year. Norris uh, made history in 1990 when he was the first Western in the documented history of Taekwondo to be given the eighth rank degree black belt grandmaster. In Taekwondo, he has like six black belts mm-hmm. all across, you know, and maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. But again, I just want to point something out here of these movies. Chung Kuk Du, that's his, uh, that's his shit. Look at that. Uh, Chung Kuk Du. Tang Sudo. Oh, here it is. Tenth degree black belt, Chung Kuk Du. Ninth degree black belt in Tang Sudo. Eighth degree black belt, Taekwondo. Fifth degree in Karate. Third degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. One, two, three, four, five, six, see, six. And a black belt in Judo. The dude has a third degree belt, black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. You know how fucking difficult Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is? The grappler, right? Uh, I don't think it's the grappling. Gracie? It wasn't yeah, Gracie? It is, it is grappling. Yeah. Uh, grappling and ground fighting. It's, um... Oh, my God. Um... Yeah, see, he's a, he's a Christian, dude. No wonder. They told you. It's a, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I know. And that's my problem with it. Throw him to the lines. No. <laughs> Oh, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> the lions get thrown to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's the real fucking deal, though. Oh, yeah. Um, he When it comes to MMA and stuff like that, he can probably still beat a lot of those guys. He puts the fist in pacifist. Yeah. I was trying to find this, all the fucking movies that he's done. Um, Filmography. The, Where is it at? Yeah, exactly. Where is it at? Might be a separate thing. Chuck Noir. Yep, it was a separate thing. You don't go to the filmography. The, the filmography. My mom swear sweared that she saw Chuck Norris in a porno in the seventies. Nope, not him. The Wrecking Crew, Way of the Dragon. I'm just gonna go. Uh, he was in Break Breaker. Uh, Good guys wear black. Here we go. It's 1978. Good guys wear black. A Force of One. The Octagon, which is actually a pretty good movie. Eye for an Eye, really good movie. Silent Rage, Force Vengeance, Lone Wolf McQuaid, Missing in Action, One Two, Code of Silence. Invasion USA, Delta Force, Firewalker, Braddock, Mission Action Hero 3. Hero the Terror. Hero and the Terror. Oh, there it is. Okay. Delta Force 2. The Hitman, Sidekicks, Hellbound, Top Dog, Bells of Innocence. He was in uh, Dodgeball. 
The Expendables, Forest Warrior, The Cutter, Sons of Thunder, Martial Law, Yes, Dear. All right. So, of all those movies that he's been in, okay, how many of them, with the exception of Dodgeball, hmm. were not action movies? Even Sidekicks was an action movie. I think Top Dog. That may have been it. Around 90, sometime around 92, he changed. So he's been in all these fucking action movies where he kills people. Yeah. Kicks them through windows, through helicopters, through trees, through the school behind the tree. Yeah. And then he and then he tells them at fucking uh, Expendables 2, I'm not going to do it if unless you cut out all the swearing. Like, really? That's where you draw the line. It's okay to kick a uh, kick a guy's chest, you know, through his back and into another guy, but you know, is the guy a hypocrite? Fucking a. Uh, he's Chuck Norris, though. Right? Yeah, that's okay. He just his... he's gonna rip the guy's spine out and beat you to death with the guy's skull. <laughs> but hey, get over here! Don't say fuck. Yeah. Watch your fucking mouth. So I I was watching. So I'm watching the movie based off of that. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna watch and enjoy it. And then, and then they have this one guy who is the colonel or whoever. In and um, I gotta close these out. Let's close these out. And the colonel is the guy that's gonna rescue Chuck Norris at the end of the movie, right? Okay. Uh, Taylor, Colonel Taylor, I guess, or General Taylor, or whatever. And he's always, yeah, John P. Ryan as General Taylor. <laughs> and he's always just this side of weird. Okay. You know, like military weird. Like he's not, you know, he's not really military guy, uh-huh. but you know, and he, and he knows he's playing a military guy. So he's acting like, you know, when you're playing guns, when you're kids and you always have the one and I was, sometimes I was that one. That always acted like the staff sergeant or the sergeant or the drill sergeant or whatever, right? Yeah. You know, the leader, right? Yeah. That's kind of like how he is. You always have that one guy that is like, do this and do that. <laughs> and I'll go over here and kill all the bad guys. And he's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, they had these helicopters. I don't know what kind of helicopters they were. They were kind of like Hueys, but they had a weird front end that was built specifically for this movie. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Salamanca is in this. Oh, okay. Uh, Mark Margolis? Is that Mark Margolis? Uh, Yeah, Mark Margolis right here. Yep. Yeah, he he plays... um, Jesus Christ, he's been in a lot. Oh, yeah, dude. Is he dead? No. He's still going. Unless he died recently. No, he's still going. Well, they don't have him in anything after 2017 other than Better Call Saul. Yeah, so Salamanca's in A lot of TV stuff. You look at all the TV shit, dude. It's in Constantine. 12 Monkeys. Benders. Person of Interest. American Horror Story. Asylum. But, uh, yeah, so the the movie ends with like a a Blue Thunder type of thing where you have two helicopters. But one of the helicopters, Salamanca's helicopter, is chasing... Chuck Norris through through the jungle, yeah. and Chuck Norris is driving this limousine. He's got Billy Drago in the back. He's because he's arresting him. He's not going to kill him, right? And and he's got his buddy in the in the car as well. 
and the helicopter is just like firing these rockets at him, but missing and yeah. blowing everything up but the car. And finally, you know, the last rocket blows up the car. Yeah. But they all survive. And then they get out and they run through the, the forest. And then finally they're confronted by the helicopter. Yeah. So instead of pressing the button and just fucking wiping them all out, the, the, the good guy helicopter comes up behind the other one, you know, like Jaws. Yeah. And, and then kills Salamanca, right? Yeah. <clears throat> this is not why I did this review. This is why I did this review. There's a song at the end of this fucking movie that is so horrendous. And it's all, you know, those stupid fucking 80s, 90s. Yeah. I got to find the soundtrack. Like the one at the end of The Running Man, which I actually like, but it's still cheesy. Yeah, it's all those wannabe REO Speedwagon Journey fucking... Oh, my God. Yeah, this yeah. is more along the lines of um, uh, uh, Survivor meets uh, Jefferson Airplane. Star- Jefferson Jer- Starship. Starship. Yeah. yeah. It, dude, it's so bad. It is so bad. And I'm kind of hoping that I can find the song. See, there's this is where they're confronted by the helicopter. Yeah, and he's got a gun, and that guy's got a gun, but they're not shooting at the helicopter. Yeah, and then there's Drago hmm. with his fucking ready to fucking party in Miami pants. Oh, I love the, I love those chinos, man. Yeah. I always love those things. <laughs> the Winds of Change. That's it. The Winds of Change by Lee Greenwood. Okay. This song is fucking. Hor- I'm sorry. Dude, this song is so fucking horrendous. <laughs> Here it is. Right. I can't put the song on 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 the uh, see Survivor, dude, or uh, you got the touch. That's the first thing you I got the of. power. Yeah, that's what this. Yeah. Come on, man. This is horrendous. <laughs> the winds of change are growing strong. <sighs> this is wonderful. It reflects the overcoming of hardships when acts of terrorism and violence happen on American soil. Except the movie took place in Colombia. <laughs> give me liberty or give me death. Long live the sacred constitution of the United States. Long live the spirit of the founding founders. And long live the spirit of Thomas Jefferson. Long live the spirit of St. Louis. <laughs> God, why didn't someone just run up to him while he was sitting at his piano and just smack him and say, hey, 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 stop it. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. The What a Great Song. I, I hope all of these are sarcastic. Sarcasm, yeah. I, I great hope. song. Wonder if it's on a CD. I'm trying to find the song so I can download it. It's, it's on YouTube. Just download it from YouTube. I love it. Chuck was great in this movie. And I play the song over and over. Sierra, Cuban, Miami, Florida. What? It? Does anyone know if you buy the song? I have been looking for the song for a long time. 
Damn, I was looking for this MP3 for ages. Yeah, there's a reason why it's it's missing. This song is fucking horrendous, bro. You think I'm kidding when I... Everybody that's listening to this thinks I'm, yeah, I may be kidding. The Winds of Change by Lee Greenwood is just a bad version of Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. And, uh... And, uh... It sounds almost like a fucking lower budget version of that one song, uh, God Bless the USA. God Bless the US? Yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. You know, uh, I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. I think actually he wrote that. Are you <laughs> that would fucking, I mean, the, 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 damn. Makes sense, doesn't it? I'm proud to be God Bless American. the USA, that's the name of the song. Yeah, I think that I think that he wrote. See, because it says Lee Greenwood. That would fucking fit, wouldn't it? Is this it? This is the song right here. I'm proud to be. Oh, look at that fucking eagle with a. Oh, that is so patriotic. God, I'm getting I'm getting fucking freedom goosebumps right now. Oh, praying over the towers. Got to show the towers. Yeah, never forget. Yeah. And family. Never forget it was an inside job. There's a family. <laughs> the two kids and the dad and American flags on houses. That's. The flag still stands for freedom. Oh, look at that. Liberty. Here it comes. Proud to be an American. Yeah. At least I know I'm free. I'm free. On the day. The man who died. Oh no! Dying people. Stand up. I'm sorry, but fuck this song. <laughs> it's horrendous too. God bless the USA. <laughs> oh my god! It's like anyone, anyone who who knocks this song is not an American. Yeah, and you need to get out of here and go back to Mexico. Lee Greenwood is. Fucking terrible. He's like a re- more retarded Randy Newman of inspirational patriotism songs. Yeah. I don't know. You keep saying retarded. That gives. Flags fooling. Dude, that gives fucking, you know, <laughs> handicapped people. See, I, Stan Bush sounds like Lee Greenwood. You got to touch. Another terrible movie or terrible song. You can't tell me that none of you proud to be an American. Actually, like this one song. I like you got the touch. I, I go. It's it's definitely cheesy, but it, it fits in the movie for me. Uh, oh my god! Look at that. You Just fucking, fucking Stan Bush. You tell him Rodimus uh, Prime. I'm totally rock. I'm rocking balls here from oh Stan Bush, Streets of Siam, John Claude Van Damme. Yes, that does rhyme. Uh, this one, Dare. I actually like this song. Fuck you. E can suck my dick. It's a bad song, but... Dare! Just like God, all it sounds like I'm watching a Rocky movie. Pretty much. They they always got to show the the rocket thing going back and forth, and 
up and over and oh he crashes oh this fucking space harrier yeah right he doesn't even say his name right he says daniel <laughs> you're gonna ride daniel ride in style <laughs> we expect from a guy named rodimus no that's fucking judd nelson <laughs> i think call him dano could be dano uh maybe Fire in your heart. I mean, he's trying way too hard to act. That's the fucking thing. When you could see everything from Lookout Mountain. I actually like this movie. It's fucking. No, I like Transformers, the movie, dude. It was uh, definitely better than Bay. Dude, Megatron, I, li- I liked it. Or- Orson Welles as Unicron. Fucking Leonard Nimoy as Galvatron. Fucking yeah. You know, it, you had the death of Optimus Prime, and you don't see him for the rest of the fucking movie. <laughs> that was ballsy. Oh look, I hear this video is more entertaining than the entire run of Bay Former's movies. <laughs> I could. I wish that cunt Michael Bay would have watched this movie. So, anyways, that's why I wanted to talk about about Delta Force because of that one song. Yeah, and. uh I just I find that song horrendous, and now that I know that he also did, I'm proud to be an American. Yeah, that's the fucking that's the that's the Toby Keith song, man. Yeah, and uh, I just look, it's false patriotism. That's my whole take. And because people uh, eat it up, bro. People sorry. eat it up. They spend their money on it. I bought a flag, so that means I love my country. Sorry that I. Uh, I kind of hijacked this whole fucking podcast, but yeah, I was gonna share a story. Share a story. <laughs> oh fuck, man! I, all right, we'll, we'll do trivia in the fucking next week then. <laughs> oh, we could do trivia. All right. Um. All right. So I I started driving Lyft recently. Um. You know, to make a little extra cash, and because you know, podcasts only paying off, <laughs> and other things. But um, I I had um uh, I had a what do you call it? A little adventure. Where uh, I picked up a guy, let's call him Doug. Okay, and I had to pick Doug. Him, I had to pick him up at Folsom at one of the bars there. It was like around uh, a little, like it was like one thirty or so in the morning. Is Doug your new best friend? <laughs> that night, for the span of about an hour and a half, yeah, Doug was my best friend. I love you, man. Um, so I picked Doug up, and Doug, uh, Doug was definitely inebriated, uh, but he's also one of those cats that's very honest, and. Has no problem speaking his mind. So I pick him up, and he had an open lift um, destination, which means I just drive him around until he's done wanting to be driven around. So uh, I don't he goes, think I can handle that. He goes, I'm hungry. Are you hungry? Let's go get some fucking Jack in the Crack. All right. Okay. I go on. Did he buy for you too? Oh, yeah. He offered to buy me fucking anything I wanted, but I, I was like, dude, I just started this fucking... I changed the way I'm eating. I can't fucking cheat on it. Um, anyway, <laughs> he ended up talking me into let, taking a cake, one of those little fucking mini cakes that they have. Okay. And I took it, my, took it home and gave it to my kid. Um, but anyway, so I take him to Jack in the Box in Folsom. And it's now it's like 2 in the morning, and we go into the drive-thru, and the drive-thru is completely fucking empty. And we pull, you know, he orders his food. It's kind of surprising. I know. Well, it's Folsom, dude. Well, I don't know. It's just odd that way. It's Saturday. I guess everyone's still fucking drinking or they're fucking in bed already. So anyway, 
going to the drive-thru and and this guy's being funnier and shit, you know. He's like, dude, you're fucking, yeah, yeah, thanks, man, for taking me. You're fucking awesome, man. I love you, man. And and then every time I'd say, yeah, I don't I, I don't eat this greasy shit anymore. He's like, you fucking pussy, man. You fucking, you know, and all this stuff. He, you know, and he keeps nudging me, you know, with his elbow and shit. And we pull up to the window and the lady's about to hand us our food or his food. And she she gives me this this Wells Fargo card and he's trying to scan it and she keeps scanning it over and over again and it won't accept it. She's saying it's been declined, it's been declined. And he's like, what the fuck? He goes, do you know how much money I have? This is fucking bullshit, fucking Wells Fargo. So while we're sitting in the drive-thru, he pulls out his cell phone, which is low on battery, and he calls Wells Fargo. And I shit you not, in the span of about 45 minutes, we're in this fucking drive-thru at this window while he's getting transferred from department to department. <laughs> also, you can get a fucking burger. Yeah. And he's like, dude, and every person he gets transferred to, he's like, guys, I am, I'm in a situation here. My fucking phone is low. I'm hungry. I'm drunk. I just want a fucking burger. Okay? I want a fucking burger. Can you please help me get a burger? Right? And it's what was funny about him on, on the phone with Wells Fargo, I don't give a shit. I'm getting fucking paid for this, right? So I don't, I don't give a shit. The clock is running, right? And every time they transfer him, he's getting pissed off. And they do this thing where they have to, where they have to read off the script to him, right? So instead of just transferring him, they go, well, thank you again for calling Wells Fargo. And I'm so-and-so. And if you could, you know, if, you know, if they ever ask, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, dude, just fucking transfer me. And he's getting fucking pissed. He's, right. And they just keep doing it. And finally, he ends up hanging up, and we had to keep doing loops because every once in a while, a car would show up, right? And we'd go back around, and um, the lady in the in the drive-through um, window is fucking laughing. I'm laughing too, and and we keep going around, and they they fucking okay. His phone's down to one fucking percent, right? Do you don't have a charger for him? No, you no. dick. He has a fucking iPhone, man. So I just started driving. I got a fucking. Just go I, get a go get a um. Uh, what do you call it? A brick. Yeah. I've already got a brick. No, 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 no. Okay, no. go get one of the um, the the lighter yeah. chargers that have the two that have dual the, charger. The on dual, it. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, well, I have another charge port too in my uh, my center console, so I will eventually. I'll, I'll upgrade all my lift. Uh, you yeah, know, because amenities. fifty nine cents is going to break your bank. Anyway, fuck face. So, <laughs> so. Anyway, he um, he calls them back and he's like, "I got one percent left. Don't bullshit me. Just fucking. I, I need to know if there's money on this. Where's my you know fix this fucking card, right?" He's all, "This is fucking bullshit. I got twenty eight thousand dollars in my fucking account. I got one hundred fifty thousand in my saving account. What the fuck is going on, right?" So finally, they come on like right before, literally right before his phone dies, and they say, "Your card is fine. It's just not working at Jack in the Box." Okay. So we try it again in the fucking drive-thru. Won't go through. So finally, another car pulls up, and I say, dude, let's just go to the ATM and try to get some money. Where's the nearest ATM? Oh, dude, it's right across the street. Right? Literally. So we, I tell the I said, look, we'll be back. And so we pull out, and he goes, dude, let's just go home. Let's just, just take me home, right? I said, no. I said, I said, if I take you home now, your night's a failure. <laughs> Okay. I am getting you your goddamn Jack in the Box. One way or another, we are getting your Jack in the Box because you're going to end the night on a fucking high note, my friend. 
And he goes, you're fucking awesome, man. And I take him over to fucking Wells Fargo. And he gets out like a drunk guy gets out of a car. He goes, how much should I get? I go, dude, just get 20 just to pay for the food. All right. So he gets out and he walks, he does the drunk dance over to the fucking ATM. My headlights are on him and shit, right? And he's fucking trying, he's like, I hope this works. I hope this works, right? And he goes, something's happening. Something's happening. And he goes, it's giving me money. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Fucking giving me money. I I love people like that, man. It's fucking awesome. And then he goes, he goes, he goes, fuck $20. I'm pulling out more. And he pulls out like a hundred bucks and he fucking like, he folds it out in front of me and yeah. holds it like a goddamn fan, like a Chinese fan. He goes, fuck I yeah. I got fucking money. And then, oh, as he's, and, and as he's about to get back in my car, he notices I have Raider floor mats. He goes, fucking Raiders? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he goes, man, I wouldn't even have called you if I knew you had Raiders floor mats, you piece of shit. <laughs> so he gets in the car and he goes, okay, here's 20 for the food, right? He goes, all right, you know what? Fuck it. Here's another 20, right? Fucking throws me a $20 tip. Nice. And so I take him back over to the drive-thru and she remakes all the food. And then he's, now he's hungrier because all this time's gone by. And so he's like, okay, I want you to get a cake. You want a cake? And he's telling the lady, he goes, you know what? You can have a cake too. I'm getting everyone a cake, right? Everyone's getting a cake. And so he, and he want, I want some tacos too. So I, I, dude, I was so involved in this situation that I memorized what he fucking ordered. He, you know, he wanted a sourdough burger with no tomatoes, fucking small size everything. Turn the drink into a chocolate shake, no whipped cream, no cherry. He goes, that's for fucking faggots or whatever, right? Because <laughs> you know, drunk guys talk, drunk white guys anyway. And and then he and then he goes, you know what? Fuck it, throw the whipped cream and cherry on there. I, I fuck it, I'll eat that shit too. So we take him up to the drive-thru, or take him up to the window. We get all the food, and I, I take his ass home. And, and it, it, I, he ended up giving me, he gave me the fucking change from the food, too. So I ended up not counting just the ride. I, I got, I made like fucking the, the 20, like 24 bucks on t- uh, in tip off of him, you know? It was fucking cool. I, I was like, dude, you don't have to give me this much. He goes, no, nah, dude, fucking awesome, man. Fucking all-. all right. Fuck it. So, yeah, I take him home. And you know where he's staying? After all that shit about fucking twenty eight thousand, like across the street from you? No, no, no. It's in Folsom. It's in a trailer park, and it's like the smallest trailer in the trailer park. It's like a trailer that's in a trailer's yard. And he goes, "Yeah, I'm staying here because I live in Stockton or somewhere, and I've got a house there, but I I, I need to move here for more and more because he he says he owns a, a floor and tile business, right." In Folsom, I, I I take everyone at their word for it. I say fuck it. What's it gonna hurt me if I you know just say okay I can believe you you know. <laughs> so I drop him off and he's stumbling in the fucking dark to get to his door and shit and and he, I go are you good? He goes yeah I'm good I'm good I'm good. I go you, you got your keys? I got my keys man I got my keys. And as I'm driving away I hear him still he's dropping the fucking bags of jack in the box on the ground as I'm driving away. <laughs> I'm just like you know what I, I need to go home. <laughs> yeah, I need to go. So anyway thank you. Um, Doug for a wonderful evening it was a nice capper on my first night as a Lyft driver it was funny um, that so, was pretty awesome yeah it was it was fucking it was cool so yeah uh, I hopefully I'll have more uh, Tales from the Lift for you soon yes Tales <laughs> from the Lift alright alright anyway uh, that's it that's all we got for Flicks of the Week man uh, I'll have uh, something more juicy for you next week and hopefully Mike will have Mr. Brooks for you Hopefully, <laughs> I can't fucking promise. All right, man. All right, that's me. That's that's you, man. And uh, catch you on the flip side. There you go. All right, bye. All right. Good show, jolly good.
good show. Jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out at a couple of averagejoes.com and please make sure that you leave a comment and share the podcast. That would be awesome. Have a good night. This is the end. It's the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.